Welcome. My name is Dr. Jonathan Vorse, and thank you for downloading our podcast today on Working the Word. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to receive new podcasts every week. Thank you for your support at jvorse.org and enjoy the message today. Grab your Bible and turn with us, please, to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to be sharing with you 10 tips on how to be a godly mother, or we could have said godly parent. So this can be for the fathers also. So we're going to be talking about that today. This is Mother's Day. We honor our mothers. We love our mothers. I sent my mother an edible arrangement yesterday. She sent me a picture of it. She said, it's beautiful. And then I said, I text her back and I said, well, have you tried it? How does it taste? And she texted me right back. She said, it's too pretty to eat. So I texted her back and told her, tell dad that the cup is not edible. <laughs> but anyways, I love my mama so much. They're up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And, you know, my parents are aging just a little bit. And I just love them. I, I wish I could get up there to see them more. I'm going to have to start rearranging a few things to get up there a little more often now as they get a little bit older. Amen. Hallelujah. God's good, isn't he? I thought so. He's good. Matthew chapter 5, 10 tips on how to be a godly mother. Tip number one, give your life to Jesus Christ and live for him in front of your family. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We give you praise. Help me to be able to effectively communicate your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's start again. Number one, give your life to Jesus and live for him in front of your family. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16 says this. Ye, somebody say, ye is me. Ye is me. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. You're the light of the world. Somebody say, ye is me. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So in this passage of Scripture, verse 13 tells us we're salt, and verse 14 tells us we're light, and verse 15 tells us don't hide the light, and verse 16 tells us to shine the light. This happens frequently. Every now and then, if I don't have any, uh, any appointments or anything, you know, I'll wear, and they're decent, but I'll wear shorts sometimes to the office. We live here in Florida, you know, and so I'll wear shorts. Well, I don't get out very much because I'm in the office and I have some really white legs. You're welcome, Susie. She tells me thank you for my white legs, Dad. I said, you're welcome. So every time I come to the office and my little white legs are showing from here down to there, I really think they're looking at the calf muscle, but no, that's probably not true. They start teasing me about how white my legs are, and I tell them this, I'm called to light up dark places. <laughs> That's right, and so that's what I'm doing today. Well, I don't think that's probably what that passage of Scripture meant, but the bottom line is you won't forget it now. So the Bible said, let your light so shine 
before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The most effective place you can let your light shine, listen to me very closely, church. The most effective place you can let your light shine is to your family, to your children, to your children's children, to your grandchildren. Let your light shine. And the only way you can let your light shine is to get the, the light lit. And the way you do that is you give your life to Jesus. God's Word says this. It says to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. So the way we let our light shine is we do good works that bring glory to our Heavenly Father. That's how we let our light shine. So number one, 10 tips on how to be a godly mother. Number one, give your life to Jesus and live for Him in front of your family by doing good works. By doing good works. Let your kids see you be a blessing to others. Number two, Proverbs 28 and verse number 20 tells us that faithful people abound with blessings. So you model faithfulness in every area of your life. That's number two. Model faithfulness in every area of your life. Be faithful with cleanliness. Be faithful with godliness. Be faithful with church attendance. Be faithful in giving. And especially be faithful in your daily devotional walk with the Lord. Get in the Word every single day. Some people say, well, I just don't have time for devotions. You don't have time to not do devotions. Get in the Word. Get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God change you. Let the Word of God transform you. Let the Word of God uh, encourage you. Let the Word of God instruct you. The, some people say to me, they say, well, God doesn't ever speak to me. Yes, he, 66 books of the Bible is God speaking. If you say God doesn't speak to you, then pick up your Bible, honey. Pick up your Bible and read a chapter and you won't be able to say God didn't speak to me because God will speak to you through His Word. Well, how do you know that? Because the Bible said that holy men of God wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. So be faithful in your devotional walk with the Lord. Be faithful in every area of your life. The third thing that I want to share with you, 10 tips on being a good mother, being a good parent. The third thing I want to share with you is to make sure that you pray for your kids. Pray for them every single day. Every single day. Don't let a day go by. Well, my kids are grown. Well, then you need to pray for them even more. <laughs> because I'm telling you what, if your kids are grown, they're out there in the workplace, and maybe they're married, and maybe they're starting to have children, and God knows in today's culture and in today's society, if there ever was a time that parents needed wisdom to navigate the challenges of the day in which we live, it's today. So make sure, even when your kids are grown and have their own life and they're living their own, they have their own family, make sure that you don't quit praying for them. Keep praying for them every single day. And let me say it like this. Don't just pray lame prayers. Pray hot prayers. What's a hot prayer? The Bible said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. The that word fervent speaks of a hot. So you can pray something like this. You, can, you have a choice. You can say, Lord, I thank you for this food. God is good. God is great. We're so hungry we can't wait. And God take care of my kids too. You can pray like that if you want to. All right? 
But here's a better way to pray over your kids. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I come to you on behalf of Johnny and Mary today. I pray that the anointing of God would go before them. I pray that heaven's protection would cover them. Heavenly Father, I pray blessing over them. I pray favor over them. I pray divine direction over them. We push back the enemy that would war against him. That's a hot prayer. That's a hot prayer. And so you pray under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And so you pray through intercession. Pray for your kids every single day. Pray like it's the last time you'll ever pray for them. Pray for your kids every single day. And pray for them for the rest of your life. Or the rest of their life. Whichever comes first. Pray for them. Don't ever quit praying for your kids. Then the next uh, passage of Scripture that I want to share with you uh, lines up with tip number four. And not only do we pray for our children, but tip number four is we teach our kids the Word of God. Psalms chapter 145, verses 4 through 7 says this. One generation, this English Standard Version, by the way, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. So the Bible specifically says right there that we have the responsibility to share the works of God and the acts of God to the next generation. How's the next generation going to hear about the goodness of God, about the might of God, about the power of God, about the grace of God, about what God can do for them if we don't share it with them? So we have a responsibility according to the Word of God. We're supposed, to share the, we're supposed to share the goodness of God to the next generation. You say, well, how can I do that? Well, we go down three verses there, and the next three verses tells us how to do it. It says, declare your mighty acts, and then it says, verse number five, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. So I'm going to meditate about your majesty. I'm going to meditate about your royalty. I'm going to meditate by saying, How majestic is your name, O Lord. And my kids are going to be around when I do that. I'm going to teach them how to meditate. That word meditate there is translated to mutter. To mutter. So when you're praying and you meditate, then what you're doing is you're just kind of speaking, Lord, you're powerful. Lord, you're wonderful. Lord, you're great. Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're majestic. And you just go on and on and on and on. And then you talk about the wondrous works of God. Verse 6 says, They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. How many has ever heard that scripture? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of His holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. We're just talking about the greatness of God. So that's what you do. You talk about the greatness of God with your kids. You see, some things are more caught than taught. I'm going to say it again. Some things are more caught than taught. You know, your kids can learn a lot from you through osmosis. In fact, that's the best way that they learn. You can tell them something or you can model something. And you can't look at your kids and say, don't do as I do, do as I say, and expect them to not do as you do. Because they're going to do as you do. Because that's what they do. They do what you do. You get that? All right. You can't say, don't do what I do, because they're going to do what you do. Are you getting it? All right. So don't say something that you're not doing, and don't do something that you're not saying. Model to them. Teach them. 
train them. The Bible said train up a child in the way they should go, and when they get old, they will not depart from it. So pray for your children. Teach your kids the Word of God. The Bible says, Speak of the might of your awesome deeds. I'll declare your greatness. Verse 7 of Psalms 145, They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. What this is saying is don't be shy when it comes to exalting the name of Jesus to your children. Point out the fact, wow, look what the Lord did. Look what the Lord did for us. Then the fifth thing that I want to talk to you about is this. Be honest. You want to be a godly mother? You want to be a godly parent? A godly father? Be honest. You want scripture? Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 8. I used to quote this to my kids all the time. They can quote it. They got mad at me back then, but they're thankful now. Amen? Here's what it says. As for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars... Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that God takes dishonesty very seriously. God's Word says in Revelation 21 and verse 8, If you lie, you fry. That's what it says. That's what it says. He lists it with murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, detestable, faithless people, and God lists liars right along with it. So you don't want to go somewhere. So you call somebody and you lie to them about not being able to make it. And then you post pictures all over Facebook about where you are, and you don't think they're going to catch you. See, that's the thing. When people lie, I think they drink a case of stupid at the same time. I mean, just kind of, it's, you know, I, I never could get that. I, I, I never could get it. And so don't lie. Be honest. So why are you bringing that up? Well, because I want to talk a little bit about discipline. Well, well, why would you talk about discipline and lying at the same time? Because you can't look at your children and say, if you do that again, I'm going to beat you within an inch of your life. You know you're not going to beat them within, within an inch of their life. They know you're not going to beat them within an inch of their life. If you do that one more time, you've had it. They do it again. Now, now I'm going to tell you just one more time. And then they do it one more time. No, no, no. All right, this is the last. You just lied twice. Why are they going to believe you the third time? With my kids, ask them growing up, what none of this, that's one, that's two, that's three. There was always, that's one. And that was it. Now here's the thing. When, <laughs> when you lie to your kids, they're going to lie to you. And all the grandparents said, Amen. And then you're going to say, I don't know why you lie to me all the time. Because you lied to them. Because you taught them. See, they caught it. They caught the practice. So I'm telling you, those of you that are watching online and those of that are, you that are young parents and those of you that will watch this later, I'm telling you right now, do not lie to your kids. And when it comes time 
uh, to, uh, to discipline your children, always understand there's a difference between punishment and correction. And, and I, I, I don't want to go too far down this road, but I feel like that I need to interject it here for just a few moments. You should never punish your children. You should correct them, but you should not punish them. So when you tell your child, if you do that again, I'm taking your phone for 24 hours, and they do it again, and then you just act like they didn't do anything, then what motivation do they have to, have to think that you're serious the next time that you make that threat? If they do it again, take their phone. What if, what if they scream? What if they hate me? Anyone who's had teenagers have went through seasons where you thought your kids hate you and will never love you for the rest of their life. Let me tell you something. They'll get over it. They'll get over it. Here's the thing. Don't look at them and say, I hate you too. Don't ever do that. Don't ever, ever, ever do that. You might feel that way in the moment, but don't ever do that. Because let me tell you something, as time goes on, those words come back 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, and they hurt. And they hurt. So love your kids. I told my kids ever since they was knee-high to a grasshopper. I told my children, don't matter where you go, what you do, what decisions you make, if I agree with it, if I don't, you will always know your daddy loves you no matter what. And there have been times when... I knew they had to cash in on that because there's times when I know that my kids know that they've disappointed me and they come to me and I still have my arms open. Why? Because I love my kids. I don't care what they do. I don't care where they, they go. I don't care what decisions. They're my kids and I love them. That's how you have to be. Don't tell your kids you love them and then teach, teach, treat them like they're some kind of a redheaded stepchild. Love your kids. So know the difference between punishment and discipline. Know the difference between punishment and correction. And do not promise things in the heat of the moment when it comes to discipline or correction that you are not willing to follow through. Okay? Woo! That's tough, isn't it? All right, number six. You want to be a godly mother? You want to be a godly father? Good parent? Let your kids grow up. Let them grow up. You know, there comes a time when you have to flip the switch from motherhood to mentorship. Okay? Let them grow up. Well, I'm just afraid of the mistakes. And you didn't make mistakes when you were 20? When you were 18 years old, you thought you had the world by the tail and you were going to show all of the adults in your life how wonderful it was and how it was done. Right? And some of you said no, and there's horns supporting the little halos right there. You know, I'm, I don't have my glasses on, but I sense it. You know, I sense it. Now, listen, it's very important for you to let your kids grow up. You got to let them grow up. I told my wife the other day, and sometimes we have these little conversations I told my wife the other day, and she was sitting here in the first service, and I, I mentioned it, and so we weren't having a spat. Sometimes we have spats, but we weren't having a spat I, at that time. And I looked at her, and I said, the kid's 28 years old. She don't have to ask us permission to do anything. She's grown up. She's grown up. And, and so many times people hang on too hard, 
and they won't let their kids grow up. There's two ways to learn, mentors or mistakes. You've heard me say it before. Mentors or mistakes. Let me tell you, you've had 18 years, 20 years, 21 years to mentor. If they haven't learned it by then, guess how they're going to have to learn it? Through a mistake. They're going to have to learn it the hard way. And so we back up. We let them grow up. We let them sprout their little wings. We let them get out there. We let them make that mistake. And when they make the mistake, we don't point fingers and say, I told you, I told you, I told you, na-na-na-boo-boo. We don't do that. No, we stand there with our arms open. We say, I love you. I want to help you put your life back together. And when you help them put their life back together, turn them loose again. Turn them loose again. Don't hang on to them so, don't hold them down from growing. You know, some kids grow up, others have to be pulled up. <laughs> right? There comes a time when you have to turn them loose. So if you want to be a good parent, you want to be a good mother, realize when you've reached the point from mothering to mentoring. And let me tell you something. There comes a time when you got to see them as an adult. And they're not going to always make the decisions that you would have made. Deal with it. Deal with it. Love them no matter what. My kids will come to me sometimes. They'll say, Dad, what do you think? And I'll say, that's a decision you have to make. That's something you have to deal with. Every now and then I'll give them a little advice. I try not to give any unsolicited advice anymore. I just let them live. I love them. And they're not, they're not always going to make decisions I would make. That's okay. It's their life to live. It's not mine. Got to learn that as a parent. All right. Number seven. I think those were the two tough ones. Be honest and let them grow up. Number seven. Here's what the Word of God tells us in Exodus 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God is giving you. So honor your mom and pa. Honor your mother and your father. As your children grow, honor their grandparents. Keep honoring your parents. Not just when you're a child. Honor your parents through the rest of your life. Even after they pass away, honor your parents after they're gone. There are some things that happen in families that don't need to be passed to the next generation. There are some things that we just need to say, you know what, uh, God turned the worm here. God changed us. This changed. It transformed our life. The, the, the curse was reversed, praise God. And so what you do is you declare the goodness of God and you speak the best that you can of your parents to your children and your grandparents to your children. You just speak the best that you can as time goes on. And even when they're dead and gone, you still do the same thing. Number eight, number eight, number eight, number eight. Y'all ready? Number eight, guard your integrity. Here's what the Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse num number 23. It says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So how do I guard my integrity? Number one, keep your word. Keep your word. Number two, if you're married, don't flirt. I said, if you're married, don't flirt. And all the men said? And all the women said? And everybody said? Amen. Amen. If you're married, keep your integrity. 
And we have a little practice here. I will not be alone in a room with a lady who is not my spouse or my family without a door open. There's always a door open. People can always hear. They can always see. It doesn't matter. You know, uh, Kim, my secretary, she may be in there in the office and it might be her and I in the office, but there's always a door open unless Donna or someone else is in there. Don't ever be alone with the opposite sex, with the opposite sex it, that's not your partner. Don't ever, ever, ever be alone with them. You've got to guard your integrity. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't do anything, and I don't think they would do anything. No, but there's yahoos out there who will make stuff up out of nothing, and they'll accuse you of things, and it don't matter if it's true or not. If it's bad news, it's going to get good press. Are you hearing me? All right, and it doesn't matter if you prove that it was wrong, the damage will have been done. So that's why the scriptures tell us to give no place to the enemy. Give no place to the devil. Don't give the, somebody said give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. No, he'll take the rest of your life is what he'll take. He'll take your good name. He'll try to take your integrity. So guard your heart, guard your integrity. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. And so how do I guard my integrity? I keep my word. That's number one. Number two, if you're married, don't flirt. Number three, don't let your good be evil spoken of. If you receive offense from someone, if an offense has been spoken to you, God's word says that we're to go to the person that offended us and we're to talk to that person and we're to try to get it resolved. What's wrong in the church today is Christians don't go to the person that offended them. They go to everyone else and they stir up a mess and there's chaos everywhere. If we would do what God's Word says, 95% of the time, if we went to the person that created the offense, we would find out that it was based on misinformation, misrepresentation, or misinterpretation. And we could get it resolved instead of creating a mess. The devil wants you to spread nonsense. God wants you to be a peacemaker. Peacemaker is someone that makes peace. Someone who makes peace. Peace is not something that is born. Peace is something that is made. So we have to put effort into it. We have to make peace. So you guard your integrity by doing what the Bible says when offense comes. You go to the offender and you try to make things right. Now what if the offender doesn't want to accept me? Well there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, maybe they're trying to accept you and you're closed to them accepting you. Because you'd rather be offended. Because it feels better to be a victim. Oh pastor, come on. Come on, we're just talking where we live, aren't we? It's the reality of the thing. Here's the thing. You go in the interest of peace, all right? And sometimes they don't listen. And if they don't listen, you have done your part. You forgive them, and you walk away, and you don't go talking to everybody. You know, I went to that person, and I told them that I was sorry, and you know they wouldn't forgive me. What are you doing? You're trying to stir up a mess. And you're no better than the person that was... A, stop it. Don't do that. Guard your integrity. Get the reputation of being a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. 
So get that right in, get that, and, and teach your kids that. My goodness. You say, well, how do I teach my kids that? Well, if you're a troublemaker, they're going to sit around and they're going to watch you and they're going to catch it. They're going to know how to do it. They're going to know how to stir up trouble. They're going to know how to stir up mess. Don't teach your kids to manipulate people to get their own way. Don't teach your kids to be troublemakers. Teach your kids that it's always better to be a peacemaker. Teach your kids what it's like to go to somebody and say, you know what, I'm sorry. If I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. If I said something wrong, I'm sorry. Teach your kids to do that. And also teach your kids how to receive it when others come to them and apologize to them. And here's the thing. When someone comes to you and they apologize to you, you don't need to throw your nose up in the air and like, yeah, well, bless God, I knew it. You need to look at them and you need to say, you know what? I totally forgive you, and as far as I'm concerned, this is locked away, and we're never going to talk about it again to anyone or anything. We're moving forward from this day forward. That's how you do it. That's how you become a peacemaker. And I just feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. I was coming around here to go to the next point, but I just got a real check in my spirit, a prompt. It's a prompt. Some of you folks that are married need to practice this with your spouse. That was the prompt that came from the Holy Spirit. Okay, number nine. Wow. Speak life over your children. Speak life every day. We have a handout for you today. We want to give it to you. There are 12 scriptures, I think it is, on this handout. They're going to be handing it out to you as I talk to you. These are scriptures that you can pray over your kids every day. If you run out, we can print more. Pray over your kids every day. Pray these scriptures. Speak these scriptures. We're talking about speaking life over your children every single day. Speaking life over your children constantly. There's another handout for younger uh, parents that I gave them, and, and it's a, a three-page hand, handout, and, and if you uh, want to go online, you can find it. It's a focus on the family. It's called How to Bless Your Child by Gary Smalley, and there's a great advice there on how to bless your children. But I want to encourage you today, speak life over your children. Take these scriptures and speak those scriptures over your kids. Speak blessing. Speak health. Speak prosperity. Speak peace. The Bible said that the blessing can go to the seventh generation. And you don't want to know how to make that perpetual? I'll tell you how to make it perpetual is you teach your kids to bless their kids too and you teach your kids to teach their kids to bless their kids. So that's what you do. You just get 2 Timothy 2 to teach others who will teach others also. That's the principle of it. So you teach your kids, you bless your children, then you teach your children how to bless their children, then you teach your children how to teach their children to bless their children, and that's how you keep the blessing going perpetually. Speak the Word of God over your kids. Speak blessing over your children. That's good. That's 12 scriptures. It's a good place to start. Well, what if my kids are all grown up? That doesn't mean you quit speaking blessing over your kids. If your kids are 70 years old and you're still sucking air, guess what? You need to be, you, you need to be speaking blessing over your kids. That means still alive. You need to be speaking blessing over your kids. Speak blessing over them. Well, you know, they, I, I'm not, you know they're, they're not really with the Lord or whatever. You know, and I'm, I'm, if I call them up and I start, you know, I got a scripture I want to speak over you, they're just not going to listen to that. Text it to them. 
Just text it. Just text it. They'll read it. They might not tell you they read it, but they'll read it. One o'clock in the morning, told them in the first service, I said, one o'clock in the morning, I said, text them something at one o'clock in the morning. Well, that'll wake them up. They woke you up at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Pay them back a little bit. Amen. Give them the word. You can find little apps out there. I've got one called Later on my phone, and it's something that I use sometimes to post several different things. Like if I'm going to be gone and I want to post things on my social media pages, then I'll just create these little uh, things that I want to post, and then I can set them, and they will just automatically post at certain times during the day. If, that's, if, I want, if I'm out of the country and I need to keep that going, then that's the app that I use. Well, you know, another thing that you can do is you can just set a reminder on your phone. And then in the notes section of your reminder, you can just take that scripture and you can put it there. And when the reminder pops up to bless your children, then what you can do is you can just put your thumb down on it, copy and paste it into the text that you send them. And that way you're involved with sending it to them. And if you've got the reminder three times a day, then you're blessing your kids three times a day with scripture. Just say, I speak this over you in the name of the Lord. I love you. I want to speak word into your life and give them that scripture. You can do that. You might not have time for the big, long phone call. Be great if you did, but you might not have time for it. So I want to tell you, speak to them. Speak the Word of God over them. And listen, church, this is not mind over matter. It's word over matter. It's word over matter. And then the last thing that I want to share with you this morning is found in Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 22. It says this, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. So number 10, how to be a good mother, have fun, for goodness sakes. Just have fun. One of the things that we did when the kids were grown up, they're all grown up now. Our youngest one will be 25 this year, so they're all grown up. But one of the things that we used to do when they were kids growing up, we would cut, they'd come home from school, uh, maybe on a Friday or something, and we'd say, 24-hour vacation. They got all excited, didn't you, Susie? Got really excited about that. She's like, oh, yes, new outfit, you know. And so, so we would take off, and it was just out of the blue. They didn't know anything about it. Sometimes we'd have to plan it for a couple of three days or a couple of months or whatever, but we'd make sure we had enough money to just get a motel room for one night, and we always got a room that had like two beds, and Jeremiah slept on the floor because Nikki and Susie wouldn't let him sleep in the bed with them because they were mean sisters. <laughs> no. Anyways, and, and today sometimes when we go to a motel, Jeremiah will walk in and he'll say, okay, and he'll look in the closet and he'll, well, maybe I can sleep on the coffee table and it's a big joke now. Uh, but, but anyways, what we would do is we would just get a room and then we'd maybe go get them an outfit or something like that, get something to eat, go ride go-karts or something like that, and spend time together. We used to play cards, but we kind of quit doing that because Donna cheats all the time and wins, and so we don't <laughs> we play cards anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hey, she's not in here, is she? I'm. Oh, oh, Lord, she's in the back. I've had it now. I just seen some, you know, like that. All right. Point I'm making is have fun. You say, well, I can't afford to do that. Then have a staycation. Well, what's a staycation? It's when you stay at home and you vacation. Well, how can we do that? You are in the vacation capital of the world, and you don't know how to do that. My goodness, you're 15 minutes away from the Gulf of Mexico. You go to a beach for free. 
Fix yourself some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Get yourself a deck of Uno cards and get some sunscreen and go out there and spend some time with your family and have fun, for goodness sakes. Fill your home with laughter. You know, there's every family has those times that you can look back and remember. Listen, you choose what to look back and remember. At least make sure there are things they can look back and remember that's that makes them happy. Oh, we had some good times. One of the things that my kids always remember, didn't share this in the first service, didn't quite have time, but one of the things that my kids always remember, and every now and they'll, then they'll come and want to do it again, but I kind of, all the time where they were growing up, I would just grab the guitar and just make up stupid songs. They didn't have to rhyme. They didn't have to be on key. I could be singing and go, like that, you know. They didn't care. Now, sometimes when we're together, one of them will come walking through the house and they'll just hand me the guitar. Whether I feel like it or whether I don't, guess what? I got to sing. That's when I'll be Superman. I have to sing them. I have to do stupid songs. Well, the thing about it is, is that takes them back to a place in their childhood where there was a lot of joy, where there was a lot of laughter, good times, remembering those good times. As a parent, you are responsible for creating the good times. Children are products of the environment in which they grow up. And you are responsible for that environment. So make sure that it's word-filled. Make sure that it's faith-filled. Make sure that it's full of faithfulness and full of love. And also make sure that it's full of laughter. A lot of fun. Sometimes all families need is a little medicine. Laughter does good like a medicine. Sometimes they just need a good dose of laughter medicine to alleviate the stress. All right, let's all stand. Thank you for listening to Dr. Jonathan Vorse on Working the Word. We appreciate your love and support. Visit www.jvorse.org to give a gift today. Don't forget to subscribe and enjoy the rest of your day. Always remember, the Word will work if you work the Word. Be blessed.